Hello and welcome to another episode of the More From Law podcast. I'm your host, Harry Clark. This episode features Annabella Kintemide, a finance lawyer based in London. In this episode, Annabelle shares her insights into the intersection between law and finance as a practice area, covering her typical day-to-day work and key skills to develop if you're looking to enter this sector of the profession yourself, as well as a little bit more about her background before entering law. Let's get into it. So hi, Bella. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Harry. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, An episode I'm looking forward to, especially someone who's about to start their training contract to learn a little bit more about one sort of practice area in one area of law, which is banking and finance. Um, I've certainly got my own kind of presuppositions and I'm sure misconceptions about what this is all about, um, but I'm really looking forward to, to speaking with you and learning all about it. But before we get too much into that, a nice little kind of introductory question I like to ask is why did you originally want to join the legal profession and sort of work within it? And what's your background state for those who haven't had the chance to meet you? So yeah, I studied um, law um, at university. Funny yeah. enough, although I did um, choose to pursue a law degree, at that stage, I didn't know whether I wanted to, to go into the legal profession. It was mm-hmm. only when I was studying law that I thought, actually, I actually like this stuff. So mm-hmm. I studied law because I thought it was quite a, it's a good degree to have anyway as a foundation to so many other areas. So I thought, let me go into that. And while mm-hmm. studying, I thought, you know, I really do enjoy law. I really think the legal industry is for me. And then I decided to go down the solicitor route. So like most people, you debate in your mind, should I be a barrister? Should I be a solicitor? So I had that mm-hmm. going on, decided to pursue the solicitor route. So in my second year of university, I got a training contract um, with a law firm in London, finished my law degree, did the LPC, and then, yeah, then I trained at, trained at a firm, and then I qualified into finance. So yeah, that's a bit of my background today. Fantastic. And I guess when you were making that decision to, to go into law and jump when you were kind of, you know, umming and ahhing as to whether or not it was for you, what was the kind of key sort of factor or decision making that you think kind of pushed you that way? I think for me, the barristers have, yeah, what they do is really good. And I think for most of us, when we're thinking about law, we're thinking about the courtroom, we're thinking about (laughs) talking and defending somebody. But then when I looked into the nitty gritty, I was like, actually, you know, having to be self-employed, so to speak, and the way work comes in. And yeah, that structure of doing things was very different for me. And I thought actually it's something that I wouldn't be suited towards. Whereas looking at a solicitor and the kind of the broad range of things that they get involved in they have a more client-facing role as opposed to a barrister who comes in at a later stage just to um, do the court element. I thought, no, being a solicitor is definitely for me. And just the Mm -hmm. kind of the commercial aspect as well, the broad range of things that solicitors get involved in made me think, yeah, that's what I want to do. Whereas for barristers, their their role is so different and it's quite limited Mm -hmm. in terms of what they get involved in. Um, Whereas as a solicitor, you can get involved in anything from, you know, construction, energy, finance, Mm -hmm. you know, you name it, fashion, every industry you can kind of get involved in, whereas as a barrister, it's slightly different. So yeah, that kind of pushed me towards knowing that being a solicitor was for me. Mm, you, you sound just like me in my interview room. I think I gave a really similar answer when it came to making that decision between the two. And um, yeah, I'm sure whilst our you know, reasonings are similar that I've spoken to so many people, and I, that's why I love that question is you get so many sort of different answers of, of different reasons as to why people you know, do or don't do law or do or don't become a solicitor or barrister and so on. Um, and like you mentioned, you've obviously qualified into the, the world of law and finance. And I guess one of the reasons that I was kind of wanting to become a lawyer or at least lean towards it versus other careers was um, the fact that I found maths fascinating as a concept. And I love listening to, you know, mathematicians explain principles and theories and so on. But when it came to the nitty gritty, um, I was much more in favor of my arguments and my English uh, essays and things than my numbers. So 
Um, you know, is I guess that's a really good kind of beginning misconception question that I've probably got is, you know, to what extent is something like, you know, the practice of banking and finance in law a really kind of numbers heavy area versus potential other practice areas or is it not at all? Yeah, that's a good question. I think whenever you think of finance, the first thing that comes into your mind is numbers. Like you as well, I would, you know, gravitate towards the other side, the other areas of um, studying rather than maths. I was okay in maths. I wasn't terrible at all, mm-hmm. but um, I would gravitate to other areas such as English. So for me, if it was anything to do with numbers, you wouldn't find me there. So, so yeah, I think that's a big misconception. But um, the way I think of it is that finance doesn't necessarily mean that you have to put numbers together the same way a property lawyer mm-hmm. doesn't have to necessarily build a building. It doesn't mean that that's what you're going to be involved in. Finance just basically involves there being a transaction and advising um, the parties and how they can achieve their aims. And there's also likely to be people involved in the transaction who will be working on the number element. So that's not necessarily something that a lawyer has to think about. It is important, but you shouldn't be the one trying to run the numbers for the transaction. Um, Just um, whilst we're on it, actually, when we think about finance, finance actually involves quite a broad range of areas. So you could be looking at banking, so private, commercial lending, project finance, structured finance, capital markets, property finance. There's just such a huge range within finance. So although it's one term, it can include such a broad range of things. So lawyers normally would focus on one area. So I think the main importance is not about maths, but whether you can really understand what it means for parties to be in a transaction. How do things operate in that in that area? And how can you meet those meet the aims of the specific parties in those transactions. I think that's what the key aim is, not looking at the numbers um, specifically. So, of course, throughout the trading contract process, at least for the vast majority of firms, there's there's an element of sort of seat selection and you kind of have to understand a little bit about what each of these departments do and what type of lawyer you want to be, be it transactional disputes, uh, you know, advisory or something on those lines. So um, I guess when you were tr- sort of trying to put everything together and decide, you know, what it is you were going to, to sort of practice or, or at least qualify into later on, um, what was the sort of main appeal for you as to why you wanted to work in this intersection between the world of law and, and these financial institutions? I think it's inter- that's an interesting question because often for most trainees or um, aspiring lawyers, you often have in your mind the area of law you want to go down for whatever reason, maybe because you studied it and you enjoyed it, maybe you've seen an element of it before. Um, or you think, oh, that sounds interesting, IP or whatever it is. And sometimes we can have a preconception of what we want to go into. But I always think that it's not until you actually experience it that you know for sure, is this for me? Because I had areas of law that I thought, oh, I love studying this. I'm going to be this kind of lawyer. Got into it on my training contract. And I was like, actually, this is not my thing. So for me personally, um, I, I did a range of seats in my training contracts. Obviously, most firms will allow you to do at least four um, to really enable you to get a taste of the different areas and see what you like. So I did a finance seat, and I also did a secondment at a bank. And it was when I did those two that I thought, yep, this is for me, this is what I really enjoy. Um, I didn't like litigation at all. I knew that was not for me. So I think it's when you taste something that you can really see, yep, this is for me. But until that point, it's hard for you to make a really good informed decision. So for me personally, it's when I actually experienced it, I thought, yep, finance is the route that I want to go down. It's really funny you mentioned that because uh, I guess I'll go on the record and say I've already got a few kind of ideas of seats that I want to do before I start. And I feel like I'll probably look back on what I thought now in two years and go like, why did I ever want to do that? Or I might go, oh, I was absolutely right. So I think you're right. And it re- it really echoes the sentiment that so many lawyers have kind of told me in any jurisdiction is that you have to keep an open mind and that you know ultimately your sort of academic study is also very different to the world of practice. And it's a lot of learning on the job. 
this episode of the More From Law podcast is sponsored by Get Into Law. If you're listening, it's like you're looking to break into or learn more about the legal profession. Get Into Law are a law careers advice community that's on a mission to build the most active, value-driven legal platform in the world through social media. They help support aspiring lawyers by providing skills, tools, and resources you need to begin your legal career. If you want access to their latest daily tips, guides, and resources, including some I've written myself, be sure to follow them on Instagram and LinkedIn by searching for the handle Get Into Law. So you sort of mentioned earlier that there is a lot of difference within the world of finance and lots of different institutions and, and different areas that you can sort of specialize in. But I guess broadly for the sort of average sort of day-to-day tasks within the sort of financial seat, um, what is the role of a lawyer or commercial solicitor on a basic transaction? Yeah, so there's a lot of tasks that you'll be involved in, which I would say you may not um, find is exclusive to finance. You'll also be involved in other practice areas as well. So day-to-day tasks can include um, drafting, reviewing and negotiating agreements. Um, You'll also be advising clients, looking at how to structure transactions, looking at their terms. Um, Within, when you're thinking about finance, a transactional element may be part of a bigger project. So you might also be working with other lawyers and other departments and just trying to really bring that all together. Um, You'll also be expected to stay up to date with legal developments to see how that impacts on your work, which is not new to any area of law. Um, also within finance there's a lot of financial regulation um, which is likely to have an impact on your work so it's really important to understand those changes and and the impact as well so yeah those are the general broad range of areas that you'll be looking at working on but as I said it's not unique to finance obviously what you're looking at would be different in terms of the documentation but in most areas of law you'll be looking at agreements and negotiating those kind of things as well. And also, you mentioned earlier that you obviously went on to comment to a bank, and I can imagine that must have been an incredible experience, and obviously very different from sitting in house with the firm um, and, and kind of in private practice. So, um, just maybe quickly for people who don't know, you know, what what are the basics of what a secondment is, and how can you get one during your training contract? Yeah, so a secondment is a really good opportunity for you to work at a client of your of the law firm. So typically, when you have a training contract, it's good to obviously check this before when you're applying to firms, but most firms will have the opportunity to do a secondment. It could either be maybe to another office, or it could be to a client for about six months or so. And I think it's a really good opportunity to really taste and see what the world is like in terms of working in-house. So when I say in-house, working in a legal department within within a company. Um, a bank is quite a fast-paced environment. I really loved it. It helps you to see things from a different angle. You're also working with different elements of the business as well, seeing what their priorities are, seeing what their needs are. And it's really, really good. You're often expected to provide advice with limited, um, with limited, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? Support. With, yeah, with limited support <laughs> and limited notice. So I think when you're a lawyer, um, people just assume you know everything. Even if you're a trainee, when I was a trainee on secondment, people just assume you know everything. They're like, oh yeah, you're here to support, you're from legal. They don't think of, oh, you're not qualified, you're qualified. That doesn't even, they don't even think about that. They just think, you know, you know everything. Tell me what I need to do here. So there can be a lot of pressure. So as long as you're able to work under pressure, you're quite confident you can manage your relationships well because you're sitting with those you're assisting as well, most likely. Um, that is a really good thing to have. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a really good opportunity to really grow. You have a lot of responsibility, which I think is really good as well. So provided you don't crumble under the pressure, it's really, really good. But I found it to be amazing. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. It made me really see how things operate from a different angle. Because when you think about law firms, you're assisting a lot of clients um, often at the same time, when you're working in-house, you're focusing on just one client. So it's a really, really good opportunity to learn. You develop so many other skills. You learn more about how a business operates. It's just 
I would thoroughly recommend it. I think they are they are quite popular within law firms, but <clears throat> even though that's the case, I'd recommend that everyone should try and reach out for those. That's it's it's a good opportunity not to really miss. I would say. No, fantastic. And and how did the sort of chain of command work when you were obviously sat with the client and they might come to you with a problem? And I'm sure you were in open communication with the firm uh, in the office as well. Was it the case that you know you were responsible for as and when to go to the firm? Was it the case that the the, the firm sort of overwatched you or that the client was? Putting expectations on you? Yeah, that's a good question. So typically when you do a secondment, you would be working with the legal team within the client. So most <coughs> clients that um, law firms work for, they would already have, most of them have their own legal department. But um, yeah, sometimes they may just want the additional support and have a secondee, whether they're qualified or not qualified, just to give additional support. So you already have a team um, of people that will be there to support you anyway. So you'll have a supervisor like you would normally do when you're working in a law firm. So typically, you don't have to reach out to your firm. It's quite rare that you need to do so. Um, I've done this a comment after I qualified as well. Um, and in that case, I was also sitting with a team, a legal team. But in that case, you're expected more heavily to be advising the client. Um, but yeah, if big things come up. You can obviously reach out to your law firm. That's what they're there for. But you tend not to need to do so because you have got a bit of support. But it's just a very different structure. When you're looking at a law firm, you've got partners, you've got um maybe senior associates, associates, trainees, paralegals, and so on. You've got secretaries. When you're working in-house, you don't have that level. You have maybe a few other lawyers in a team. There's not this hierarchy or so many different layers of support there. So it's very different. So you just have to know how to manage responsibility and those relationships really well, and then you'll be fine. And I guess this episode, we've talked a lot about the sort of breadths of what the financial sort of practice of law is, is like, or at least what it's like to sort of work in this practice area and a little bit about secondment. Um, and I guess finally, I just kind of wanted to ask you a bit about, you know, in hindsight, is that do you think there is a sort of type of individual or person who, who this sort of type of legal work is most suited to? Does it require a specific skill set, a specific interest or any kind of previous experience at all that you think might be ha- handy? Yeah, I think with one one beauty when we're looking at law is that a lot of the skills you need are transferable. So as long as you have the general <coughs> skills that are required, so commercial awareness, attention to detail, those will obviously really be important when it comes to finance as well. Um, generally within finance, depending on the type the type of area you go into, you'd be looking at a lot of complex transactions, often <coughs> with a cross-border element. So you'll be working with people in other jurisdictions and other, other countries. So it's really important to know what it means to be involved in, be involved with people in other parts of the world so just some simple basics such as time difference if you're working with somebody in another country what does that mean in terms of trying to get things from them or negotiating with them and just just those general elements that you need to know when it comes to working um with international clients and multiple parties across the world um as i said it's good to obviously test it out to see whether you like it as well that's really important um but yeah i think when it, when you're looking at clients you're mainly be working with financial institutions um, companies and, and so on so if you like those kind of institutions or those kind of entities I'll definitely say yep give it a try but I think overall it's just good to yeah I think it's just good to have a taste of first that's the only way you would really know really but in terms of skill set it's the same as as most other areas but yeah as long as you have an interest in trying to understand complex structures and <laughs> um, work with those type of parties and parties across the world then yeah that's that's really important Fantastic. Well, this has been a really fantastic insight into into this practice area. And I've certainly learned a lot both about the world of finance and a little bit about the comment as well. So thanks so much for coming on the show and for sharing all of your tips and insights with us. 
where can people go to to learn more about yourself and everything we've sort of talked about today um so recently so a few months ago actually i started um, a new project called boss season so bos <coughs> season and the main aim of it really is to just help people with their own career and professional development um i found that i've learned a lot of things during my career I'm still learning a lot of things. I just thought it'd be really useful to try and give that information back specifically towards people who are interested in a law degree. So yeah, I've got a um, Instagram page. I'd recommend people check that out. Also got a website that's being redeveloped as well that will have some resources just to kind of help you with your development generally. Because I think on one side of things, there's the area of looking at what area you want to pursue in your career, whether that's law or something else. But the other element is just developing yourself because that's something that people often don't think about or they get into an area of work and they think, actually, I'm not, I'm not progressing, I'm not developing. So that's what I'm trying to really do, just to really inspire people to take control of that element of their career and just to keep pushing forward. Just a few tips on interviewing and stuff like that I'm trying to push out as well. So yeah, I think if people are interested in that kind of thing, they want to develop themselves, they should feel free to yeah follow Boss Season or get in touch, send me a DM and I'm happy to assist with any questions people have as well. Fantastic. Well, best of luck with those projects. It sounds like a great initiative and reminds me a lot of what I was sort of trying to do when I first started writing and blogging myself. So um, no, I think it's fantastic cause. Best of luck with it. I really hope it goes well. And thanks for coming on today to share some of your thoughts and tips with me. Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of the More From Law podcast. The amount of support the show has received recently has been unbelievable. So thanks again for playing your part in that by listening. If you'd like to support the show, please rate it five stars on the iTunes store and follow the show on your podcast platform of choice. It really helps the show reach more listeners. If you're looking for more tips, resources, and guides, you can visit my website, www.harryclarklaw.com, where you can also sign up to my newsletter and stay up to date with everything that I'm up to. For now, though, I'll see you in the next episode of More From Law.